Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 176 of the Hawks Talk Podcast and all things Atlanta Hawks Podcast, hosted by two lifelong Hawks fans. As always, I'm Jackson, joined today by my lovely co-host, Logan. Logan, Hawks basketball is back, but before we get into all of that, how are you, man? Desmond Ritter disaster class, get in! Woo! Brave disaster class, it's over. It's <laughs> Atlanta over. Braves disaster class, woo! But there's I'm one... just going to make this... All- Make this of note off rip. If you're any Atlanta sports team other than the Hawks, keep your mouth shut because you've had a terrible week. Yeah. Hey, the Hawks are looking good, though. So maybe the Hawks will be uh, be our saver because the Atlanta Braves, they're an omelet, Jackson. When you turn up the heat, they fold. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh-huh. Attaboy, they got, Logan. <laughs> the, the Atlanta Falcons, they got Desmond dozen red art quarterback. What else can you say? There's no other way to put it. Even UJ barely yeah. beat Vanderbilt, man. You know, it's just, it's just a rough week. Yeah, I mean Georgia Tech was off this week, so you know that's pretty much a win sometimes. So we'll take that. Um, yeah, yeah, man, uh, it's called a victory lap for beating Miami. That's what that is. Oh yeah, honestly though, I mean we might get Miami's coach fired, and all we did was throw a pass. So there you go, go Georgia Tech. All right. Anyways, when I said Hawks basketball is back, it was like fifty percent true. It's the preseason right now, but I just need to say two things, Logan. You ready? First things first, if your team isn't 3-0 and in the preseason, you're not a contender. Stop talking. Back of the line. Try again next year. And then second thing, Logan, I just want to say, I'm in the spirits. I'm feeling good because Hawks basketball is back. That's why I'm, I'm ready to say something, Logan. You know, the Quinn Snyder Hawks, There's the here's the biggest difference between all the Lloyd Pierce and the Nate Millen Hawks versus the Quinn Snyder Hawks. You ready, Logan? You don't know what it is? I'm ready. Under those coaches, you know, we would go city to city. You know, maybe it'd win, maybe we'd win, maybe we'd lose. But the thing about the Quinn Snyder Hawks is that when we come to your city, I just want you to know this right now. All right, each game is a big team win. You know what? The Hawks are walking into the trap and they're taking over the trap, Logan. That's how the Quinn Snyder Hawks are rolling this year. And if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. All right, mm. but we're three and zero in the preseason, and, and you know what? Frankly, I find it disrespectful that we're not being discussed as contenders. You know, I'm going to be real; it's it's pretty disrespectful. Talk, talk that talk, young blood. Um, we haven't even started hyping up the players yet. Just wait till we get there, then I'm gonna really start popping off. Well, look, we're we're gonna have to discuss the fact that the Quinn Snyder buff is real. The Quinn Snyder buff, it's here. He's actually got his system. Um, I guess he's got his players. They they didn't add nobody really in the in the offseason. They added Patty Mills, who I will say is probably the worst looking Hawks player right now. So shout out to Patty Mills. Um <laughs> they added Wesley Matthews, who's like an ancient, old, decrepit man who uh who I'm not sure if he necessarily remembers where he is at the time. But everybody else I mean, I mean, even if Trey and DeJounte aren't looking like super sharp yet, it's the preseason, whatever, everyone's looking good. I guess AJ Griffin isn't really, but who cares? Um, shout out to Michael Green for the the banger tweet that he needs to he needs to stop. I just talking. need to say that was a, that was a phenomenal tweet. But the thing is, I looked at that and I'm mad that one of us didn't tweet it out because like it's just so good, man. I feel like I should have had that one. But you know, what, props. That's a, that's a great tweet right there. All right, I I respect it. He cooked. He really did cook. Um, but yeah, uh, look. Again, like you said, three zero in the preseason. It's preseason, so it's whatever. But the, I mean, the thing everyone I, I would imagine is thinking is just how good Okongwu and Jalen Johnson have looked. Um, I'm not sure if this is. Oh, and Sadiq Bay looked good. He's he's hasn't played the last two games, but Sadiq Bay really looked quite good as well in the first preseason game. Um, you know, if if you guys 
didn't see it yet. Uh, that I mean, Jalen Johnson, the Congo. That's that's the front court of the future, right there. Um, Clint Capella, what a player! But uh, you know, I'm just saying you might want to start looking up for some real estate in Dallas area. In <laughs> Dallas, you need to know that today's price is not the same price. All right, you better start paying up if you want. If you want even a chance of of getting a seven seed, Dallas, you, you better you better figure something out and send us. A lot of a lot of stuff for Clint Capella, because otherwise, man, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, hey, uh, I can't help but notice you have a bit of a ticking time bomb on your team. Hate to see Kyrie get unhappy because he doesn't have a good center on his team, man. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, just, just, just keep that in mind when trade negotiations are happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyrie plus the current geopolitical sphere, it seems like a dangerous combination. Um, and, and Dallas, I mean, they signed up for this. They traded a pick for him. They traded a. Dorian Finney-Smith. They extended him to a max. I think it was a max. Maybe it was slightly below max. I'm, I mean, it's Kyrie Irving. I would imagine it's a max contract. Um, look, man. I'm not I'm not saying that Mavericks are chalked because the thing about the Mavericks is, is that they did get rid of Christian Wood. I think getting rid of Christian Wood probably automatically gives you like plus three wins because that man is just a loser through and through. But... I don't know. It, it, they they need a center because uh, that that guy they drafted from Duke. He's not ready. He's not gonna be ready anytime soon. If y'all need Clint Capella, look, just just you you have Landry Fields' number. All right, just know that he always wins. That's the law. All right, we're gonna need Josh Green. We're gonna need a pick. Maybe even Jalen Hardy. Yeah, bring bring it all down. Jalen Hardy's not gonna break out for y'all. You you already got two ball ball dominant guards out there. You don't need Jalen Hardy. So. Uh, just, just consider your options, Dallas. Consider your options, but um, yeah, I mean, other and than you know, what? I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this a step further. Keep this in mind the next time you want to play games and prolong things during the mm. off season. Let, let, mm. Let's think about that when you're giving up an additional asset or two. Remember how stingy you were going into the draft. Oh, just keep but, that in mind. Plus, I mean, we got we got to punish them because if they would have just taken that 15 plus Capella for 10 and maybe some salary trade, we would have had Case and Wallace. Or Carson Wallace, I forget his name already. We would have had that guy instead of, I mean, respectfully, instead of Bufkin. And I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Wallace would have fit into the team a little bit better. Would have been nice to have that sort of defensive edge at the guard spot. Um, so, look, all I'm saying is Mavericks got to pay the price, or, or they can enjoy uh, enjoy purgatory for a while because they are not touching the playoffs. They they are playing team, and uh, you know, come. February, uh, when when Luca kind of starts getting fat and slow and tired again, you know we'll see how it goes. But anyway, um, actually while we're while we're just babbling about other teams, you want to talk about John Collins a bit because I I, I, I mean <laughs> I haven't seen it all, but what I have seen it like it hasn't been good. Like I've seen the Twitter clips. Like, that he, 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 yeah, yeah, he was per he was John Collins yesterday. He he put up like 15 points. He played decent defense, rebounds, whatever. Um, my thing is just, man, the Jazz are using him exactly, exactly how we used him last year. And it's just like, I feel for John because I think he's going to get passed around now. I think the Jazz are going to try and, you know, but sort of bump up his stats a little bit and then trade him come January something to a team that maybe actually makes a little more sense. Um, you know, I, I, I like John Collins. I, I hope he does well, but uh it's it's just unfortunate. You know, he is what he is. We've been trying to say that. And all I'm saying is that the post John Collins world at the power forward spot, it looks 
It looks like future. Business is booming. Business is booming. It looks like the future, man. It looks like it looks like a utopia. Jalen Johnson is. I mean, it's the preseason, so maybe you don't want to get too hyped, but he has looked extremely good. Even I mean, I mean, yesterday in the, in the game against the Pelicans, he I think in the first quarter he didn't he hardly even took a shot, and he had like five or six assists. He was the best offensive player on the floor that wasn't Trey Young, and he had barely taken a shot. And then he took over in the second quarter, got like four buckets. Um, in a couple minutes, and I mean, Jalen John. I mean, he's one of them ones, Jackson. Jalen Jalen Johnson. He's just one of them ones. I mean, we've been saying it since like even like before the draft where we took him. We've talked about him as like a possible guy to take. I remember we had a uh, Nikki on the podcast. We talked about Jalen Johnson. I remember like me and you were very excited walking away that draft with uh, um, Jalen Johnson, and we actually saw him this week. Sharif Cooper, who is he still has fans out there, man, who still think it's going to happen. It's not going to happen, but keep on dreaming. That's the fun part about life, everyone. But yeah, man, I mean, I feel like first we should just dive into Jalen Johnson. I feel like it's pretty easy to say that he's been like the most impressive player on the Hawks so far. I mean, obviously, there's a few guys that come to mind. I mean, this preseason has gone pretty well. I mean, mainly, you know, you said this earlier about the front court of the future thing. Jalen Johnson and Okongwu has been very, very impressive this entire preseason so far in all three games. Um, I mean, you can't really say enough about Jalen's, I mean, the game against the Pelicans. I mean... I don't think it's an exasperation at all to say that he was the best player, not on the Hawks, but on the entire floor. I mean, and you have to remember, like, not only was he doing stuff on offense, like moving the ball, getting buckets, you know, getting assists, you know, throwing lobs to the Kongu, catching lobs from Trey. At the same time, he played, honestly, like, great defense defense. on Zion Williamson. He's a great defensive player. and, And, like, Zion is, like, by no means an easy cover, and we're still in the 25-game window before, you know, uh, he uh, gets hurt, and where he's just one of the best players in the league, and it's like, Jalen just kind of honestly, like, neutralized him. I will give a lot of credit to Quinn's scheme. Like, I, I, I don't like to, like, bag on people, but it's so nice to go into the games knowing we have, like, a legitimate head coach. Like, even, like, the people who may be low on Quinn Snyder, which I, I haven't heard many people I, I mean, like, oh, yeah, I'm low on Quinn Snyder. I mean, like, I, you I, still have, like, a top 15, top 10 coach at the minimum. Absolute yeah, minimum. I, I, I mean, I was low on Quinn Snyder, like, before we hired him. Um, I, I'll be honest, that was just it was a combination of misinformation and ignorance. I thought that he and Donovan Mitchell were beefing. Uh, that was apparently not the case. And I and I thought he was, like, a regular season warrior type guy, which maybe he is. His his playoff uh, record is not as good, as, as phenomenal as his um, regular season sort of uh, situation has been. But at the same time, like... Am I really going to complain if we win 50 games in the regular season and maybe the play and we don't win the championship? Like, no. So, you know, I, I regret being a little bit lower on uh, on Quinn Snyder. And now, yeah, he, I would very happily call him a top 10 coach in the league. Um, big part of it is a lot of these teams are running like rookie or young coaches. But um, yeah, man, Quince, I'm in the Quinn Snyder buff. We're going to we're going to have to talk about it. It's, it's a good thing. But um, the Nate McMillan tax is over. Now we're getting the buff from Quinn Snyder. Um, the, the offense looked, I'm not, I mean, look, they're going to have to work out some kinks in the offense, but the offense just looked different, which is nice to see. Um, and also shout out to the couple people I saw tweeting that when DeAndre Hunter gets into this offense, he's going to fucking ruin it, but which cracked me up, which cracked me up. But you know, the, the offense, I'm not saying the offense has looked amazing yet because it hasn't looked like downright incredible. I mean, Trey Young. Um, in the second game of the preseason, he looked fantastic. He scored like 20 points in 12 minutes or something. Um, the offense has looked good, but I mean, 
It's just, it's different. It's just a little different. There's a little more movement. There's a lot more passing, a lot less ISOs. I'm very comfortable with where the offense is going to be so long as Trey and DeJounte at the end of fourth quarters or the end of the half don't revert to ISO me time stuff because that, that stuff was hurting us pretty badly last year. So if they don't revert to that, then I think I'm really excited about the offense. I don't know about you. Uh, if you have any strong takeaways about the offense or not, though, Jackson. I'm going to be real. I just need to say this on to that point, Logan. If if Trey and DeJounte love them both, great players, glad they're both here for a long time with their contract. Look, all I'm going to say is if, if we play this beautiful offense for three and a half, three point seven five 3.75 quarters, and then we get to the end of the uh, close game and they start doing the my turn, your turn, ISO ball, I'm just I'm going to say it now. I'm going to need Quinn Snyder to show them that that Ferragamo belt just isn't for looks, my guy. You know, mm. he might just have to okay, take well, somebody over damn. his knee. I mean, what, am I wrong, Logan? Like, I'm not, I'm not. After I, just, I saw. I wasn't expecting you to go the, the dominatrix route with it, but. Okay, all right. It's more like, okay, dominatrix is kind of crazy to say. It's more like a father-son relationship. That's what I was thinking. Like, you, that sounds worse. All right, I'm moving on. Um, I know you saw that Trey Young off-ball <laughs> movement clip that the Hawks Twitter tweeted out. I'm pretty sure. I, I genuinely think I've seen that clip more times like this week alone, and not but and from other people reposting it or whatever it's called nowadays. Then like I've seen like my father in the past five years combined. Like that clip's everywhere. Everybody's all about some Trey Young off-ball movement. It, you, you know something is serious when Kevin O'Connor not only shows the Hawks love but shows Trey Young love. So that's how serious that clip was. And the offense is. Mwah. Mwah, mwah. It's beautiful, Logan. It is beautiful. We're playing like a real team for the first time in my life. There's almost no mid-ranges. DeAndre Hunter, don't come back and start shooting them. We don't want them. I'm going to keep it real, Chief. Keep them. Keep them away from our team because we don't need the mid-ranges. If you are coming back onto the Hawks, whatever your little injury spell or whatever is over, I don't know what's going on with him. I know he hasn't played in a Knee bone bruise. Woo! He's hurt. Is that really what it is? I think so. It's something with the knee. Oh, yeah. I mean, See, look, man. I should have guessed it was something with the knee. Anyways, I'm just saying, whenever you get back into the lineup, I better not see any mid-ranges. I'm going to need you to play like a 3-and-D role player on the Rockets. I need I need to see more Trevor Ariza, less you try to be Kevin Durant. I'm going to be real. I'm just not feeling the mid-ranges anymore. You know, go go play the P.J. Tucker spot up in the corner role. That's what we need from you. We, we have Trey and DeJounte to... To make the plays happen, you just gotta finish the ball, the shots, my guy. It's not hard. Everybody else so far, everything looks well. Bruno, as Bruno, Bruno is actually look. Bruno is actually looking pretty good. Like I, I forgot who tweeted it, so uh, apologies to whoever did tweet. I know it was somebody on Hawks Twitter. That's why I'm saying this, but like Bruno, legitimately looks like a backup level center and he's our third string center. And like I've said it several times in the podcast, we are truly blessed to have a center rotation. That includes Capella, Akongu, and Bruno Fernando. Akongu's look great. Capella's look great um, during the preseason so far, just from what I've seen. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just a blessing. Everyone's looking good. Only thing, like, you can really rag on is, like, A.J. Griffin. But, like, I, I feel like A.J. Griffin's not as bad, and I feel like Hawks fans are just having a bit of PTSD from, we got burnt on Cam Reddish. Like, let's not let that happen again, which I, I do understand in all fairness is fair. But I, I think we're going to be fine, guys. Like, that rookie year was very impressive. And, you know, yeah, there was the rookie wall thing. And, yeah, he got DNP toward the end of the season under Quinn. But I think I think it's I think I, I think it's OK to say that we need to, as a collective, kind of chill out on A.J. Griffin. Reminder, he's only 20 years old. You know, Cam Reddish thing again. I know I'm saying the age, but he he's still 20 years old. I think we're going to be fine. I'm not I'm not moved by preseason games, knowing how good he was at parts during the regular season last season. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jalen Johnson, LeBron comps to the moon. Let's go, team. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you don't even have to, like, there's, there's no reason to lie about it. He, he went one of nine, zero for seven from three last night. It was bad. But the the difference with AJ Griffin and, you know, some of some of the reasons why we have PTSD, you know, the, the cam reddishes of the world is uh, one. I just I actually just think the shot works. Cam reddish. It was just like, I mean, AJ Griffin has a 39 percent decent volume three point shooting season under his career as a teenager. Cam reddish's peak is, I think, around that um, in that really took like two years of working up to get to. So there's that. And AJ Griffin was even able to contribute last night, even without hitting like any shots. He had four steals. Um, I think he had some assists. I think a big part of it is just going to be how does he sort of fit his way into the offense. Um, my The only reason why I'm like a little disappointed with AJ Griffin is really it goes back to summer league. He really just did nothing at the summer league. Um, I think a big part of it was they wanted to give Kobe Bufkin really the the ball handling role, which I think is fair. You really want to develop him. They clearly believe in him and see, see a lot in him. But um, it was it was just like AJ Griffin kind of was just there at Summer League, and now he's kind of just there in the preseason. But you have to remember, he's 20 years old. This is a team that has, I mean, several good guards. I mean, you're, I mean, AJ Griffin conservatively is probably, what, the eighth best player on the team right now or something, seventh or eighth. You know, you can't expect him to... You know he's he's not putting up a seventeen point per game season this this year, guys. It's it's, it's not going to happen yet. If by you know, let's say but if by December January of next year, I'm talking like 2024, 2025, AJ Griffin is still kind of just a role player, three point shooter. Then I will say, oh yeah, we messed up. We we could have traded him for like a legitimate all star level guy probably. But we're a year away from that at at minimum. Um, I'm not really worried about it. Um, we'll see how he is after 82 games this year. Like, I'm not going to really sweat it because the truth is, is I don't think the team needs A.J. Griffin to be great to play well. Like he he is sort of going to be a piece that'll be it'll be great if he is playing well and, and shooting the ball and able to develop other parts of his game. But if, if A.J. Griffin struggles, all that means is like, OK, we'll just lean a little bit more heavily on bogey. OK, we'll lean a little bit more on DeJounte. OK, we'll Maybe Kobe Bufkin gets more of a shot. Maybe Patty Mills gets a little bit more shot. Maybe Garrison Matthews, potentially one of our better shooters on the team, gets more of a shot. So, you know, I'm not worried about Jay Griffin, but I will, like, I'm not going to lie. He, he has not looked good, but it is what it is. You know, we, we'll be all right, though. I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing as Kobe Bufkin. Like, his stats just, like, haven't been there. Like, he's had some, like, rough shooting nights. The assists really haven't shown or anything. But, like, at the same time, it's like, He's a rookie, man. It's like his third preseason game going into the season. I can pretty calmly say that, like, if it weren't for things like the G League and all that, which I do think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a quite a bit of, you know, the four rookies on our team in the G League this bit this year. That's Bufkin, Muhammad Gay, um, Seth Lundy and Miles Norris. Like, I'm pretty sure we're going to see those guys in the G League a bunch, um, even Kobe, who was drafting the first. But I, I, th- I think. You know, if you weren't having to deal with the G League and all that, I can pretty pretty solidly say I'd be playing Kobe Bufkin over Patty Mills, which is kind of it goes both ways in saying, yeah, let's just get the young guys some minutes, and also Patty Mills, like you said, Logan. I mean, he he it's he's over. older, man. This isn't, it's over. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, this, fine. This isn't Patty Mills of <laughs> 10, 12 years ago. I mean, it is what it is, man. But um, I mean, he's here for veteran leadership. It's a third point guard spot, so obviously you're not gonna be like vexed over it at all. I mean, it really just is what it is, like. If it comes down to it, you have several guys who can step in and play the point guard, and your two best players can both play the point guard if they need to. So, 
I'm not worried about Bufkin. I know that like his, his he he just really hasn't been good so far. But at the same time, I mean, coming out of summer league, like <laughs> I don't mean to sound like a doomer, but I can't say that I was expecting Kobe Bufkin to light up preseason. To be honest, and, and, so I'm just yeah. I'm, and, sorry, I'm just uh, happy he's getting some minutes, and you know, hopefully he just continues to develop. And we don't really need him year one. Like to your point about AJ Griffin, like we we don't really need Kobe Bufkin in year one. Like the, let's just be real. And then just the the interesting thing with Bufkin is like he doesn't look terrible he looks like pretty smart out there he looks like he's making good decisions it's just like he hasn't found the offense yet you know what i mean he he's he was never a great jump shooter at michigan and that's translating he's like been decidedly bad at jump shooting um preseason and summer league um but he's not lost completely on offense i don't think um which is which is a good thing he, everything ties back to cam reddish it's like a it's like a weird hawks ptsd thing He's not 360 no scoping or 720 no scoping, I should say, in the regular season out there. He he's not completely making a fool of himself. He's just not quite getting the shots to fall. Um, I hope he gets some playing time just so he can get better. Um, just because he he is very clearly a valued part of the future. If not for being on the team, then he is going to be a valued part of you know trade asset. And I think I think Quinn is pretty keen on on developing him. Um, they kind of, you know, they, they risked it a little bit. They could have taken uh, Eason, not Eason, sorry. Um, I said Tari Eason. <laughs> the guy that we selected, Kobe Bufkin over controversially, whose name I'm forgetting, Jackson. Oh, Cam uh, Whitmore. We, there you go. We could have taken Whitmore. Um, and we, we opted for a guard. Um, whether for, for whatever reason, could be the health reasons of, of Whitmore, could be Scheme reasons could be they just wanted a third young guard or I, I mean fourth young guard. You know what I mean? Um, you know, maybe it doesn't work out. But the truth is, is that this is, you know, Kobe Wufkin's not a guy you should worry about year one. It'll be great if he gets some playing time. He looks good. Um, realistically, he's going to have to develop somewhere. Maybe it's in the practices. <laughs> maybe it's in garbage time. Maybe it's in College Park. Who knows? But actually, no, he's not. He's not on two way. So. Probably not College Park. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not worried about Kobe Bufkin either. I, if, if you would ask me who I'm more worried about, it'd definitely be AJ Griffin. But it's also like I'm not actually worried. It's just AJ Griffin is not a rookie. So I'm, I'm like I'm almost never going to be worried about a rookie that isn't like a top three pick. You know what I mean? So um, a lot of a lot of blabbering about Kobe Bufkin. Where there's really not even much to say. Just, you know, he doesn't look good and that's fine. Uh, I did kind of want to expand on something that me and you talked about yesterday, Logan. And that's, uh, I mean, we also kind of talked about earlier in the podcast. That's, uh, you know, it's the Hawks Talks podcast. I mean, even if the season hasn't started, we're in the middle of preseason. You can best believe we're going to maybe discuss some trades. And uh, I I think the interesting thing, and I said this to you, is like just watching how, you know, Quinn's more of a system been implemented. I mean, last year Quinn comes in and, you know, he was obviously implementing things, but, you know, this wasn't Quinn's system. There was still aspects of Nate Millen just because of how short of time that Quinn came in on. Um, one thing that I'm seeing now, man, is that this, the defensive scheme, particularly when it comes to defending the pick and roll, is a lot more optimized for a guy like a Kongu, even a guy like Bruno. Um, but I'm mainly going to be talking about a Kongu and Capella because that's always been a conversation of, you know, who do you start? I mean, even now it still is. I mean, you look at it, man, it's like Quinn has our centers playing a lot higher up. He has them switching more. I mean, all off to Capella so far, he's been he's been fine at it. He's generated a lot of steals, actually, which has been impressive. I mean, he's been able to use those physical tools. But ju- just going off of what we know about them as players and all of that, I mean, 
I, I feel like the defensive scheme man is a lot more optimized for a center like Onyeka Okongwu who can, you know, switch onto a smaller guard and, you know, hang out with, hang with them on the perimeter if need be, can also play in the passing lane. Basically what I'm trying to say is, I said this to you, Logan, I'll say it here. It makes more sense watching how the team works and watching how Quinn's system works, particularly in that regard. It makes more sense as to why this all season, why there was so many talks about Clint Capella being a guy that the Hawks could trade. I mean, obviously he's a bit older in age and, you know, maybe the Hawks want to, you know, get off of that, get off of him before, you know, he's almost, what is he? Is he almost 30? Is 30? You know, that's around centers who rely on their athletes and start taking a downhill turn in their career. But yeah, man, it just, you watch it and you can't help but feel like, uh, I, I feel like it's a matter of, okay, how much longer until like a Kongu fully gets the keys to being the starting center? Like maybe it comes through like, they're like, all right, we're starting a Kongu. Maybe it comes down to Capella being traded and Capella is no longer here. But I, I feel like it's a matter of when, no longer if, when it comes to how long until a Kongu is going to be the guy who is your starting five, who closes out the games at the five over Clint Capella. And this isn't any disrespect towards Clint Capella because he's been good this preseason. Like I said, even in a role that is obviously a lot more, um, better fitting for a Kongu Capella has still done it and he's done it well. He's generated a lot of turnovers and steals playing in that playing up more up high. And then, you know, usually they're having the the smaller guard, which in most cases is either Trey or Jante switch on to the roller. And then they're having the power forward come down from the corner usually, which is usually Jalen Johnson. I mean, it's really nice, man. It's, it's cool to have a defensive scheme. I was watching some of it. I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious how you feel about that one. Obviously Logan, you, you've always been a bit, a bit brass towards Capella and, a bit higher on a Congo than me. So I'm curious what you think. Yeah. I mean, he's been a good player for sure. Um, in the preseason, I I'll be honest with you guys. I'm just never really worried about Clint Capella in the first couple months of the season, because the truth is he's just, he's a good player. Like there's a reason why he's going to make a lot of money in the league. And there's a reason why he was instrumental in that Rockets team that probably could have won a chip. There's a reason why as soon as the Hawks traded for him, we went from a bad team to a pretty good team. I mean, I mean, the first season he played for us, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, last year, he's a big, huge reason why we, we beat the Heat in the play-ins. He's a good player. Um, my sort of, quote-unquote, like beef with him is, is more so he will get hurt. It'll be a little nagging injury come December. He will miss 10 games or so, um, which Okongwu and Bruno will step up, and I'm sure they'll be good. And then he'll come back. Maybe they rush him back. Maybe he's not rushed back. And he just doesn't have that athleticism. Because obviously, Clint Capella's game is very reliant on his athleticism. He runs extremely well for a 6'10 guy. He jumps well. He has great timing on his jumps. It makes him arguably the best rebounder in the league. Um, That's his game. It's athleticism. It's timing. It's basketball knowledge. It's rebounding. It's dunks. He loses that that jump. He loses that quickness when he comes back from his injuries, and he's just a net negative for weeks or months at a time. Um, and that's why for three years now I've been like, oh, when are we going to trade Capella? Um, there's no reason to rush to do it, but also, you know, Akongu's there. Akongu's here. It, it's He is the starting, you know, three years from now, he's our starting center. Five years from now, I think he's probably our starting center. Seven years from now, he's probably our starting center. You know, um, that that seems like, I guess, a bold take, I guess. But he just he looks very good. He's a very modern type center. Um, like you said, he's better at sort of guarding out on the perimeter, guarding pick and rolls. I'm not saying you have to rush to trade Capella. 
but it's going to happen at some point, surely. <laughs> I mean, isn't it, is this the last year of his contract, or does he have uh, a year after this? Because, you know, Schlenk gave him that extension, which obviously now looks perfectly fine. But I'm trying to think, does, does he have... I think this I'm, might... I'm checking it right now. All right, it's next year. He's 29 right now. He'll be 30 next year, and he'll hit. He'll be a UFA in 2025 at so, 31 years old. So, you know, I guess it sort of becomes a value proposition. Do you trade him at the... Uh, I don't see any reason why you trade him midseason. You know what I mean? Like, unless for whatever reason we've bottomed out or he's alienated himself to the team, which won't happen because he's a, he's a good leader. He, he's one of the... He's a vet. I mean, he's he's a veteran in the locker room. He is like one of the adults in the room. Um, I guess with Wesley Matthews and Patty Mills, now we have a little bit more, a little bit more Solomon Hill to the locker room than we maybe had last year, because um, Justin Holiday did not count. The man's a certified bot. Um, but President NPC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he's a Baldur's Gate NPC. But um, I don't want to call my shot. But yes, this time next year. A Kongu just needs to be starting. I mean, we're going to extend him. He's going to get good money. You're going to want to start him. Maybe you trade Capella. Maybe you just have a $20 million really good backup center. Maybe that's what you do. I, I'm not really going to care if they do that at this point. At this point, I'm not really going to care. Next year, you run with a $40 million center rotation. Well, you know, would I rather have Okongu and uh, Capella or would I rather have Carl Anthony Towns? Both are making $40 million. I'm going to be honest. I'd probably rather take Okongu and Capella. So it could be worse. But it, it, the writing has been on the wall for a while. But I think I think Quinn Snyder is going to find ways to make him effective um, on on defense in ways that he hasn't been uh, previously. Like he probably could have had four four or five steals over the past few games that he didn't get credit for because he just created it. So, um, you know, I, I guess I apologize for the the Clint Capella slander over the years but i will not disrespect the future hall but, of Famer. <laughs> but get get back to me get back to me when the clinical cycle continues but great player love the guy important to, uh, important guy for the team but yeah it, it's a congo's time to shine long, long story short all right we still have some more hawk stuff to uh to talk about but i'm I really take a victory lap logan we're 30 minutes in it's time for a good old hawk soft victory lap i can't help but notice a certain someone who used to play for the hawks who got traded to a team in Sacramento, California, who mm. everybody said, oh, this is a terrible trade. I can't help but notice that he got benched in favor of a bust. I wonder what happened, guys. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Figure out the rest on your own. I mean, it is what it is. Anyways, uh, I did want to ask you about this. Something Quinn Snyder did get asked about and answer to was, considering you know scenarios where Kongu plays the four and Capella plays the five, like obviously with the league heading, you know, more towards a small ball. We're like a four is basically just like another three these days. Like no better representation than that than some of the Hawks have on the roster. DeAndre Hunter, who we all know this all season teams were like, yeah, he's a four, but he plays a three for us. So that just kind of shows you the state of the league. So there's probably not going to be many opportunities in which you'll see a lineup that consists of a Kongu playing power forward and Capella at the five. But Logan, what what do you think of a lineup that includes that? Like, is that something we're wanting to see? Or is that something that's like break glass in case of emergency? And we have to have two bigs in the game. Um, it really comes down to preference. I will say, like, because the Congo at the four stuff, that's interesting. I appreciate that we tried that, but um, I don't know. I, I do, I do see it as a break glass in case of emergency thing. Um, I, I let me, let I me, mean, let's let's be real here. John Collins got traded because he slowly got worked out of 
the offense, slowly got worked out of really the whole system because he just wasn't offensively gifted enough or versatile enough to make it work for what we wanted to do, right? We're not going to, you know, we're not going to then say, all right, let's let's run a Kongu at the four consistently unless we absolutely have to. Like, if there will be some defensive scenarios where you want a Kongu and Kimpel out there, but... I mean, look, Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bay, they are the fours for, I would say, at least the next couple of years. I think Sadiq Bay gets extended. I think Jalen Johnson breaks out. I mean, I'm talking legitimate potential, um, uh, what's it, most improved player award type guy. It's hard for an actual, like, improved player to get that in the NBA instead of, like, just the second overall pick from, like, like, um, what's his name on the Rockets? He's probably going to get it, even though he just is going to Jalen go- Green? No, well, him or uh, the the other guy, the Auburn guy. Oh, really, Jabari Smith. I'm really oh, bad with Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm really, I'm it's really Jabari ba- Smith though. Yeah, I'm really bad with names today. I'm not sure why they're going to give it to one of them just because they they're going to go for their stats are going to be better. Even though Jalen Johnson may be the most legitimately improved player in in the league, and that's just how the NBA works. But um, no, it, it's a break glass in case of emergency thing to me, Jackson. I kind of just feel like our like our, our depth at the power forward is like much better. Like, don't be surprised if Hawks got on to get into like a good start. You know, we're looking like maybe five games over five hundred something in no late November, early December, whatever. And I'm over here and I'm saying like Shreff, like you know what, our, our power forward rotation is better than it was last year just by the emergence of Jalen Johnson and Sadiq Bay. It's like don't be surprised if we get to that point. But I, I feel like after we traded John Collins, it was a lot more like. It wasn't even like Hawks fans and stuff. Like people who keep up with the Hawks. I feel like outsiders were a lot more like, oh my God, what are they going to do at the four? It's like, yo, like we've been like, we're high on Jalen Johnson. Like we're super high on Jalen Johnson. Like we're, you know, most of us are high on City. We're Bay. delusional about Jalen Johnson. Like <laughs> we think he's going to win. We're giving him LeBron comps and he's yet to play over 20 minutes game in the NBA. But I mean, stuff like that, it's like a lot of people will, you know, in like the outside media, we're talking, you know, oh, who's going to play the four? So I feel like a lot of that's where that's like a lot of that stuff comes from. Like, oh, a Kong will play the four. It's just like, I, that's not how Quinn like runs his rotations. Like in uh, Utah, he used um, Joe Ingles at the four, Bojan Bogdanovic even. I mean, I mean, take your choice of which <laughs> three-point shooting white guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I feel like it is a break glass in case of emergency. Like, if a team is comes out playing two centers against us, I mean, they've basically forfeited the game because they're doing that in 2023's NBA. But also, I mean, if a team wants to, like, go up against us and take their center rotation over Capella and Okongu, be my guest. You're going to lose. Like, genuinely, that is one of the best center rotations in the league. If you want to, if you want to try and find out, Go ahead. I am very confident in Capella and Okongwu. Like, very confident. So, I'll take my chances if we're playing two centers against your two centers. Like, trust me. I think we're good there. Yeah. and I mean, one thing we haven't even mentioned. Okongwu has taken, like, legitimate volume of threes in the preseason. Yeah, that guy might be, like, a 33% three-point shooter. He stroked that thing, Logan. Mm. Stroked that thing because, oh, but he might legitimately right, take bro. two or three. He might legitimately take two or three threes per game right now, Okongu. And I'll be honest, I, I'm calling my shot. I'm saying a 34% three-point shooting from Okongu this year. 34. In Okongu, she's 34. Like, honestly, like, we could legitimately have, like, one of the better shooting league teams in the league. Like, straight up, like, like not, like, best team in the league at shooting, but, like, just like our starting lineup, like, Trey Young... The, the percentage has got to go up, right? Like, we're not having a repeat <laughs> of last year, right? Like, there's mm. no... Sh- 
I'm knocking on wood. It's not happening. Knock on wood, of course, everyone. And then it's like, you know, DeJounte kind of whatever, even though DeJounte did take steps forward with shooting last year. It's like Hunter. Hunter will hopefully be having a lot more open, easier looks. He won't be forcing the mid-range as much. I mean, hopefully he genuinely is more like a 3 and D role player. So you're, I hope, you know, you're hoping you see a shooting jump there. I mean, you're going to have Sadiq Bay and, John, and Jalen Johnson. And I'm just here to say, Logan, I don't see any mangled fingers among those two huh, mm. shots fired. See, see on the circle date, buddy. We're going to be there. We, we're going to be there. We'll see how you do with Colin Sexton throwing you lobs, bud. We'll see ya. Um, and then at the, I mean, you know, Clickapella, he, he ain't shooting no threes. Clickapella shoots the threes. You can assume the world's ending, my guy. Um, and then off the bench, I mean, we generally have like one of the purest shooters in the league in Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, AJ Griffin as well. I mean, take your choice of Sadiq Bay, Jalen Johnson, like I said, at the four. I mean, we probably, I mean, Garrison Matthews on the third string. I mean, Wesley Matthews, Patty I mean, Mills, like Patty they're old guys, but they they can they can still stroke that thing. They're like the they're like the sixty five year old man at the LA Fitness who'd be you know stroking that thing and you know pick up. So we we got some shooters, Logan. We got some spacing this year. You know this offense is. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm gonna love it, and I think I deserve it, Logan. You do deserve it, Jackson. You deserve it. Um, I do deserve this. I deserve a good Hawks basketball team. At the very least, I enjoy a. I deserve an enjoyable to watch Hawks basketball team. And yes, they could be enjoyable. And when they lose, I'm still going to doomcast. Don't don't ask. If we, I hate losing. Well, I hate Atlanta sports. <clears throat> oh oh yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I, if we if we go fifty, like I'm not saying we will, but if we go fifty five and twenty seven. We're still we're still giving y'all two or three doomcasts. Don't you worry. <laughs> like it's it's inevitable. We could win sixty games, and I would make sure you get the content you people want. Trust me on that. Believe yeah. me. Exactly. So, don't you guys worry about that one. But yeah, I mean, I mean, really, just you know, we haven't even mentioned this, Jackson. Don't the vibes just look so much better? Don't the vibes? Oh, just oh look dude, the good? vibes are great. <laughs> the the guy who always ran the Chris Kirshner's off the roster. I mm. mean, Nate McMillan's gone. I mean. It, it's bliss, Logan. You know, we we've been the, the the guys are burning sage in the locker room to spread the negative energy. We don't have John Collins doing a bathroom at chess release anymore. I mean, the team the team looks good, Logan. My beautiful boys look happy. You got Quinn Snyder rocking probably some four hundred dollar glasses frames that are nice. Beautiful he's, he's red the color. drippiest coach in the league. The drippiest coach in the league, Mister. Put that shit on as my head coach. I don't know about y'all, but mine is. He, he he be rocking it, Logan. He be rocking it. That's my guy. I don't know. I mean, you, I couldn't say any better myself. Drippy's coaching league. He's he's coach. Put that shit on. Coach it's him. Put and, that shit on. <laughs> he, it's it's him and Deion Sanders as as the top two most swagged out coaches in sports. Um, and I'm not sure. Oh, man. If, and I'm not sure if after that Stanford game, if Coach Sanders is winning. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, the 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 Quinn Snyder Buffett. It, it's, it's my drippy coach reaching. has all ten toes. Yeah, the fair the Ferragamo belt really is crazy. Like I I love no, that it's it, so vile. Love, it's the best thing ever. I love that it wasn't like a basic Gucci belt because you know, like you you make that type of coach. If if you or I were making coach money, NBA coach money, we would buy nice ass belts. You know, or we would have several I'd thousand wear a dollar. I Paul Angels track suit to every game. But the the taste to go with Ferragamo instead of something boring and you know overdone like a, gu- a Gucci belt to go with the Ferragamo. I mean, that's my coach, man. That's my coach. He, he's got that shit on. I mean, he's got that shit on though, and Logan. He, I mean, let's keep it, it real. And he put it on. You, yeah. 
So um, the vibes are looking good, which means naturally we're going to lose the first game of the regular season and lose our minds. <laughs> yeah, we're losing but, the first five games of the season. Let's start doing it, guys. Yeah. Speaking of the regular season, um, let's see. When's, when's it start? Oh, it's Wednesday the 25th against the Hornets on the road. So, I mean, what? what? I mean, that's 10 days away, Jackson. It's a week and a half. We're playing the Hornets. Hope our players get home safe. Dude. <laughs> Every, uh, Someone I, gotta say it. Someone's gotta say it, man. Another every, arrest this week. Hope our players get home safe. Jeez. To 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 every member of the Atlanta Hawks, coaching staff, players, training staff, uh, you know, the the staff that takes care of the transportation to road games. Every single member of that organization, leave the women at home. All right, we're going to Miles Bridges' house. All right, leave the women at home. Keep them safe. Uh, that just the absolute thuggery in that, in that organization is insane. Kai Jones was a first round pick like a year and a half ago, and he's it's crazy how all Kai Jones was kind of like act out on Twitter. They're like, "Yeah, you're released." Meanwhile, it seems like one of their players gets arrested every other month, and they're still playing on the team. They're still getting contract extensions too. It's like, where do you people draw the line? Yeah, clearly they draw the line at being able to put up 15 points a game or not. But um, yeah, so. We got two more preseason games. We got one tomorrow against the Pacers, and we got the finale of the preseason Friday against the Sixers. So they get a couple days off. So, um, but you know, we got two more preseason games. It, we could lose them both. I don't care. Oh, do do you care even remotely um, to talk about a little bit more in depth about like Seth Lundy and Muhammad Gay? Because I mean, no, bro, I, Seth Lundy can shoot. He yeah. can shoot. No, yeah, Seth Lundy's like a rotation player. Like straight up, he 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 is a he's a player. He's one of the ones. We're hitting Jackson. on second round picks too. Lord, thank you. We're I, finally I, hitting yeah. on second round picks. I, I tweeted this man, but look, how many how many times did Travis Schlenk let us down in the second round? Legitimately, was it five or six? I mean, yeah, under the Landry Travis Schlenk administration, second Landry, round come around, you'd be like, oh god, I hope they sell the pig. But now we're cooking. Landry Fields might be two of two. I'm not saying both of them are going to be all-stars. I'm not saying any of them are going to be all-stars. Muhammad Gay, is he ready to play in the NBA right now? No. But he is a bag of tools and athleticism and length and excitement. He is just a good second-round pick to have. You know, in two years, maybe he never develops, but I'll still say it was a good pick because I've seen the flashes. You've seen the flashes more with him than you ever saw with, like, Omari Spellman, than you ever saw with, like, Tyrese Martin, than you ever saw with, Shout like— Shout out Omari Spellman. Shout out to Playing in the Spelman. Korean Basketball League. I read this about him the other day, Logan. He showed up to his team, reported for the season in Korea. They were He's like, all right, Omar, you got to weigh 275 pounds. Broke him at, came in over 300. All right, keep cashing Look, them checks, young fella. Korea's got some good food. That's got to be tough. I'll be honest. Korea has some pretty good food. Um, so that's got to be a little bit torture. Because they got, I mean, I mean, personally, I like the vegetables from Korea. So I don't know. Maybe Omari Spellman doesn't really opt for that. But like. Chris got some good vegetables and good meat and obviously rice. I'm, I'm a rice guy. So anyway, off, off topic point being Muhammad gay. Maybe he's not ready, but he looks good. Seth Lundy looks ready to like play a couple minutes per game. I'm not saying he's ready to go out there and, and start or take over bogey spot. But Seth Lundy looks like an NBA player is coming. I don't know why I phrase it like that. Um, <laughs> Seth Lundy looks like he's what? <laughs> Seth Lundy looks like an NBA player is gonna <laughs> emerge from 
the shadows. I don't know what I'm trying to say, man. I'm saying Seth Lundy's going to be an NBA level player. That's what I'm saying. All right, you're you're talking good size, good shooting. He's got some better defense than you would expect. He can really stroke that thing. Speaking of him, never mind. He he's just he's 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 a promising young player. Um, kind of already made like th- multiple clutch plays in every every game. Um, I'm just excited. I'm excited to have Seth Lundy and to get him. Where did he get him? Like 45th overall, I think it was maybe 50th. I mean, that's just a good. That's yeah, a I good mean, pick. We, so we took him late. J- just excuse my uh, excuse my language. I'm sorry. This I think is the both- most impressive thing about Seth Lundy is against the Pelicans. You saw him bust right inside, and and you know the guy couldn't oh, extend on him anymore. And oh. frankly, I thought that guy was a little overwhelmed by Seth Lundy's girth and tonnage. And there it is, the girth and tonnage. Um, only only real OGs remember that one, but. Man, it's a, uh, it's 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 nice to have good second round picks. I don't think either of them are making a huge impact uh, this year, but I don't need them to. They, I mean, they're both on the. Muhammad um, is Muhammad Gay on the. Uh, no, he's on a real contract. And, yeah, and Lundy's on the two way. Yeah, we had three two. Oh, and Trent Forrest, he looked great in the first game. Literally won us the game. I forgot to mention that. I wanted to mention that during the game. I'm going to be honest. I straight up text Logan. I was like, that Trent Forrest sequence to win us the game was better than anything DeAndre Hunter's done in his entire career. <laughs> That's a nasty line. Well, I just, just had to be. But I mean, he was impressive. Our three two ways are all like really interesting. I mean, Seth Lundy, he can shoot the ball. I'm never going to complain about not having enough shooters on my team. And then, you know, we also have Miles Norris, another tall shooter. We'll take that. And then Trent Forrest, who Quinn really seems to like. And, like, I don't mean to, like, go off a preseason game, but just off of that first preseason game alone and what we saw last year, like, you can be like, yeah, I understand why Quinn likes this guy and, like, at minimum wants to keep him on a two-way. Like, it makes sense. But, yeah, our two-ways are cool. Our second-round picks are cool. I mean, to your point about Muhammad Gay, I think the thing I'm most excited for is you know, we heard it when we hired Quinn Snyder. We heard Landry talk about it even during exit interviews, even interviews when they got back and stuff. It's like we want to prioritize development for our guys. I really don't think there's a better case of a guy who you can develop than Muhammad Gay, who's a guy who's new to basketball, relatively speaking. Like what? I think he's only started playing basketball like what, three, four years ago or something. I mean, think about that. That's pretty absurd. I mean, went to like a Pac-12 school and all that. Like you can really show off how serious about and how good this development staff is, not just Quinn Snyder, but also like you have to think even like not only is our coaching staff good at development, we have a large coaching staff. Quinn was able to bring all of his guys in. I know he said he was super excited about the coaching staff. He said it's one of the best he's assembled. I mean, also like, you know, we also have Kyle Korver, who obviously plays a role in developing guys. I mean, helping guys shoot. I mean, Landry Fields, if he ever needs to step down from fleecing GMs and giving out banger extensions, then you know what? Maybe he can teach the guys some stuff because he's also an NBA vet. So I'm really excited to see how development pays off, just not from Hamid Gay, but I think he's the most intriguing. But also, like, Kobe Bufkin, because he's obviously not a guy we're looking to in year one. We talked about that earlier. Like, he really does seem like Gay and Bufkin are two guys where Quinn Snyder's like, let me work my magic and let's develop these guys. And I'm super excited to see it. Like, player development, like, I'm not saying our young players were bad or anything. Like, we had a plethora of ones that were good, like, under, you know, Schlink, Pierce, and McMillan. But at the same time, it's like, it wasn't something that I went into the season with high hopes for necessarily, you know, but, you know, going into, you know, this season under Quinn Snyder and everybody else that I mentioned, like, I'm very excited to see how, you know, Kobe Bufkin comes along, how Muhammad Gay comes along, and, you know, how Trent Forrest, you know, Jim Seth Lundy, Miles Norris, I mean, the two-way guys, I mean, and, and I haven't even started naming the guys that, you know, were here before, like Jalen Johnson, Onyeka Kongu, like AJ Griffin, like these are guys who, you know, 
at minimum, they've been here for two years, but they still have tons of room to grow, in my opinion. Like, we really do have, like, a really nice young quad. I mean, even a guy like Trey Young still could probably grow some more. And, I mean, it really does seem like Quinn's been working on him. Because the off-ball movement, man, it looks legit. Like, I really do feel like Trey Young is legitimately capable of doing the off-ball stuff. It just comes down to if he actually does it or not. Like, straight up, that's where I'm at with it. And I think that's a good place to be because I think Trey's heart is in winning. I think Trey believes in Quinn Snyder and what he's doing. I think that's a big contrast is under Nate McMillan and Lloyd Pierce, like, that really wasn't there. Like, and the thing is, is that I feel like most people, like, in the, like, big media are like, oh, yeah, Trey Young, coach killer. But at the same time, it's like, let's just be honest, Logan. As Hawks fans, was there ever a time where we were like, Oh yeah, I'm glad Nate McMillan and Lloyd Pierce are the coach. It's like Nate's cool. He won us games. We did. We had a good playoff run. Cool guy. I was never very excited to see his coaching or his development or anything like I am for Quinn Snyder. So I'm excited, man. We have a nice group of young players. We have some good players to win now with the team has room to grow. I'm excited to see where things go this season. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we we have a not just an actual modern coach, but we have a very good coach. So that's that's nice to see. Um, I guess my last thought on the preseason was Trey Young is really just kind of shooting. I'm not saying he's going to shoot 40% from three, but the three-point attempts are clearly going up for him. Um, it's it's nice to see. It's, you know, he, uh, he needs to do something to get back into the three-point mojo, and if it's taking a bunch of threes until they really start falling the way they should, then so be it. I'll be happy to see it. Um, giving DeJounte a little bit more chances to you know, not just be a spot up or mid range shooter, I think would be good. Cause Dejounte in, in San Antonio, he, he really was great at getting to the rim and finishing around there. Um, he's got them lanky ass arms. He's got that kind of silly looking little float thing that, that is pretty good. It'd be good to make Dejounte not just be a, uh, a spot up shooter as often because he's just not quite uh he's not quite, that's not quite his game. That's not what we traded him for, but um, yeah. Yeah. Even though it's preseason legitimately very excited about what I've seen so far. A lot of just good basketball being played, which in the preseason, that's not very common. It's usually sloppy. There's usually young, borderline NBA-level guys there. It's usually, um, like, just not, you know, it's preseason. They're not really in the swing of things yet, but it's been good on offense. It's been pretty good on defense. The young guys making a big impression, and Trey Young... You don't expect Trey Young to pop off and drop thirty and fifteen in in the preseason or anything, but he's just he looks like he looks ready to go, um, which is always good. The only real question is what the hell is DeAndre Hunter doing? What's the deal with him? Is he even remotely healthy? Is he remotely play, close to playing? Is he what you know? What's his deal? So I guess we'll see eventually. But um, at the same time, I'm also not necessarily minding not having the DeAndre Hunter experience. So <laughs> um, we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, by far, like, while we've been on the podcast, which is, what, like, three, going on, like, three years or so now, like, this is by far the most excited I've been going into a season, like, out of all those seasons, just because we have Quinn, Trey looks ready know. to go, the young guys look ready to go, but I don't know. I, last, it's between this season and the DeJounte season, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, last season, we were really feeling the uh, the hype, <laughs> but we... we Look, and, man, I'm just saying, it's a good thing you didn't ask me for a record prediction, because 3-0 in the preseason got me feeling like 50 might be possible. <laughs> like, straight up, Logan. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not asking for that, and I don't want you to ask for that, but to our credit... um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw the message you sent me. I just read that, and it made me laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah, to, no, it's a figure. To, to our credit, um, last season was looking good until... 
the moment that we all knew the Houston it all incident. fell apart. Yeah, until it all fell apart. 2022 Houston incident. Yeah. Um, it's still so funny because I remember like sports was so, it was just fun at that time. Like the World Cup was either about to come on or let me let me think. Or was it maybe already on? Um, I think the World Cup was like just starting. Like, um, It was around that time for sure. Yeah, I just want to verify here. Houston, Houston, Houston. Okay, so it looks like the World Cup was coming. Like in a, in a week or two, it's starting. It's autumn. It was my favorite time of the year, and and the Hawks were blowing out the Rockets, and they, Dejounte is making highlights and tapped him on the head. Trey and Dejounte are hooping. It was so exciting. They called him little fella. They called him little fella. Logan. And, and, and they ruined everything. And since then, it's it's yeah. not been the same. But I think I think uh, I think Quinn will right right the wrongs of our past generation of of. <laughs> the energy's a, the energy's about the shift. The energy is yeah. about the shift, people. Um, Logan, we're not going to do record predictions. We'll probably do that last preseason game. We'll probably do this again after the last preseason game. All for these three games, Logan. Assuming everybody on the team's fully healthy, give me your starting five for night one against Charlotte. So he, here's the thing: I think people are a little too li- locked in on the starting power forward. Um, if you guys remember the Lloyd Pierce's last year, aka the Eastern Conference Finals year, we were kind of changing our starters. A little bit early on, like Cam started some games. Hunter started, I think, actually, Hunter probably started every game. Um, Herder started some games. I think Bogey started some games. I think people are a little too locked in. But day one, game one in in Charlotte, it's going to be Trey. It's going to be DeJounte. It's going to be Hunter, if healthy. If not healthy, then my guess would be we slide Sadiq to small forward, which might be a little iffy. But let's just assume Hunter plays. Hunter small I think forward. I Bogey, to be honest. That's also an option for sure. Um, I would go Sadiq at power forward day one, and I'll go Capella at center day one. But look, by the end of the year, man, if, if Jalen Johnson does what we think he can do, then Jalen Johnson's going to be playing 25, 30 minutes a night. That's just the truth. If if a Kongu continues to look this great, he's, he's getting 25, 30 minutes a night, um, and he's closing games. That's just how it is. And if, if Jalen Johnson... If if that defense keeps up, because he was locking down Zion, which that's I mean Jalen Johnson's taller, I get it, I believe, but it, that's just such a weight mismatch that it's 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 an impressive thing to to lock down. If Jalen's defense is legit, then you you know he's going to be closing a lot of games too. So um, only pretty, two things in this world can lock down Zion Williamson: Jalen Johnson and a positive pregnancy test. Jesus Christ. Um, uh I'm not, uh, you know, anyway, Hawks talks is back clearly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, boring, uh, starting squad or starting lineup prediction from me, but that's just cause I think, I don't think Quinn's going to do anything crazy. I don't think he's going to go crazy experimental game one, but that doesn't mean I think that's a starting lineup night in night out all the time because, um, I don't know that Jalen's going to have a lot to give. Okongu's going to have a lot to provide. There's going to be nights where bogey might have to start, you know, plus injuries will happen. So, uh, yeah. Are, are your predictions any different there, Jackson? Yeah, no. Mine's Trey. I mean, assuming no injuries, Trey, DeJounte, Hunter, Sadiq Bay, and then Clint Capella. If is like Hunter what? is hurt because we haven't seen him so far, like give me bogey, I guess. Yeah, I think that's fine. And then same thing. And I think one thing that's important to sort of keep in mind is that Jalen Okongwu chemistry is so re- is so strong that it makes sense yeah, that they both come off the bench. Up. Yeah. Now, like next year, 
you might want to start them just to just to really like if if they develop how it's looking like then obviously you, you probably start them but Future. yeah yeah um but we'll cross our bridge when we get there but yeah um so we agree on the starting lineup then not too surprising yes, sir, we do not too surprising or, or, you know, we're always on sync, you know, big Hawks talks win mm. today, you know, <laughs> we, we come it's to the podcasting trap. We take over the podcasting trap. It just is what it is, people. It's a, it's also <laughs> the uh, the most obvious starting lineup, but still, you know, but still. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, look, Logan, we, we get they don't pay us to sit here and, you know, make up things like I could easily sit here and be like, yeah, I think we're going to go DeJounte, AJG, uh, Garrison Matthews. Uh, Bruno and then a Kongu and they're going to try and get Trey mm. the six man of the year award like no nah, we're, we're here to give you solid analysis and if that means just hitting the obvious home run that's right in front of our eyes you're welcome alright that's all things the Braves could not do yeah add <laughs> a boy look <laughs> no man God, it's man, so I sad gotta say, I gotta say, isn't it crazy how Orlando Arcia builds up a year of, of goodwill among Brave fans just to fucking clown it away in two days. We were putting you in Dansby cops. We were putting you in Dansby cops. <laughs> I don't I don't care about the Attaboy, but the thing he's doing in the dugout is just so embarrassing. What is he doing? I'm gonna be honest, Logan, and I I, I might need my Braves fan card revoked here. I did I, I watched three games this entire season. I won't even front. I yeah. won't even fr- I didn't watch any of the postseason. I won't lie. I watched a few innings. That I watched a few innings of game two. That's probably why they won. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be real. I, I did not watch the Braves this year. We're still in the five year streak, Logan. All right, 2021, they won it. 2027 season, I'll be back to watch again and get angry. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, I uh, do. Have anything else you want to talk about here, Jackson? No, I do not. I am all out of stuff for today. All right, then go ahead, Ultra Boy. Do your job. Chop chop. All right. Just want to say, you know what? You know, actually, I need to say something real quick. I just want to say we stay true to our word. We were back one podcast a week. It's still going strong two weeks in a row. I didn't lie to you. It's Sunday, five o'clock. We're here. We watched the Falcons stink it up, put us on a YouTube troll comp, and we're still here recording. So, you know what? Staying true to our word. Hawks, Hawks, baby. Um, Happy to be back. Happy the Hawks are back. You know, let's keep going in the preseason. I would like to see us in this thing five and oh, you know, you know, if we end this thing undefeated, then. No, I, th- I think heading into the season and the in-season tournament, we're looking good. And, uh, you know, if you didn't get enough Hawks Talks, go over to the Patreon. It's in the description. Sign up today. $5, $8, $10 tier. You can become a Patreon. About eight hours of content if you join the $8, $10 tier. And you get to listen to me and Logan talk about a bunch of stuff. Just saying, if you're mm. interested, it's there. Uh, our Twitter, Twitter links are also in the description. We've been a bit more active on Twitter as the season ramps up again during season. I mean, we'll obviously be active. We'll I'll be in mid-season form soon. Off. Don't you worry. It's yeah. going to be mid-season yeah. form soon. So yeah, um, I, I felt like I felt like you know I had the feeling today that we were back. We were kind of on fire. Um, yeah, I'm a bit energetic. I apologize. So yeah, just want to say thank you guys for listening. As always, have a good week. As always, love you. Goodbye. <laughs>